Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Colossians. Today is episode 590. We're looking at Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Let's read our passage. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. This is Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. Paul said in this letter from Rome, where he's under house arrest, because he's heard there's a problem in Colossae. We call this the Colossian heresy, because his letter really deals directly with it, Unfortunately, he doesn't describe this problem. They know what the problem is. He knows what the problem is. So he doesn't review the problem. And so it's left to us to try and figure out what it is based on how he corrects it. He's trying to bring them back to Christ, showing the the centrality of Christ, the, the, the need for Christ and Christ alone. Back earlier, he had uh, given this idea of the sufficiency of Christ, that Christ was sufficient for salvation and sufficient for living. Now, in chapter 2, starting in verse 8, he's going to talk more about that. He's going to talk in verses 8 through 15 about the theology of salvation. Then in verses 16 through 19, he's going to talk about the theology of sanctification that is growing in our faith. Now, none of these things are completely separated in Paul's mind. He's breaking things down to try and refute the problematic thinking that the Colossians are falling into. Let's dive into it in chapter 2, verse 8. He says, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit. Well, the terminology there, that no one takes you captive, well, sounds like there's spiritual warfare at play here. That This isn't just uh, somebody had a weird idea, but this sounds like a coordinated attack on their faith, and that they can be taken captive by this false thinking. And the sorry thing is, it's not like they're being plundered and carried off kicking and screaming. They're going willingly. And so he's warning them that there's this uh, dangerous philosophy afoot, and they're willingly going along with it. And it's dangerous. So be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit. That's the only time Paul uses the word philosophy. And it's not that he's against philosophy, but the way he words this philosophy and empty deceit, he's talking about a specific philosophy, not philosophy in general. Now, he's not saying, oh, don't get engaged in philosophy. What he's saying is there is a specific philosophy that is being used against you, a philosophy of empty deceit. That is, it has no real meaning and it is leading them astray and it can take them captive. Be careful. There's three things it's based on. He says it's based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. So he could say, based on something other than Christ. 
So three things, human tradition, elements of the world, and it's not Christian. So human tradition, that's, well, he doesn't define what that means, but obviously it's not something revealed. It's based on tradition that people have come up with. And not that tradition is bad, but if it's leading you away from Christ, well, yes, it is bad. So something that people have come up with, some kind of tradition that people have come up with that is part of this philosophy. And it's based on the elements of the world. Now, the word, elements of the world, traditionally in Greek thought, there were four elements of the world, earth, fire, wind, and water. And sometimes they were at odds with one another. But even the, the elements of the world at one point became used of letters of the alphabet because they were the elements by which you created language. Others used it to apply to things like the zodiac. However, there was a circle of Jewish people who used this to describe supernatural beings who ruled over people. And that's likely what Paul's thinking about here. Because as we've seen through this, and we'll, we'll, see, we'll see more blatantly as we go through chapter 2, it, it seems to be this idea of these supernatural beings are what's at play here. And there is a, an element of Jewish thought to, behind all this. So this idea of the, the Jewish circles who used this term to apply to uh, supernatural beings, that, that may be what he's leading at here. So it's based on some kind of human tradition, based on the elements of the world, which is probably Jewish thinking supernatural beings, and rather than Christ. So this philosophy is not Christian. And that right there is enough to reject it. Not that every single philosophy that we follow has to be based in Christ. So certain rules of economics don't have to be based in Christ. They're just studying economics. But when it comes to this, when it comes to the philosophy of church, well, it better be based on Christ. Now, he explains that's what's trying to lead you astray is this human tradition based on this supernatural beings, and it's not Christian. Verse 9, For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. So here we see this word fullness again. And I, I think it's purposeful because it really gets used a lot in Gnosticism, but that doesn't really take root for several more decades. But some of the pre-Gnostic thinking is probably running amok. And this idea of the Pleroma, specifically if they're worried about these heavenly beings, the Pleroma of the heavenly beings is probably what they're all caught up in. And so here, the pleroma of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. Now, the English translates this as God's nature, because that's the appropriate translation. But there's a word used here, theototes, which means God's nature. And this is the only place in the Bible that word appears. That's exactly what it means, God's nature. But Interesting, Paul uses a lot of odd words in this letter. Words that he uses nowhere else. And I think it's because he's using some of their words. 
words they're using that he's pulled back and saying, well, you're looking for this funny word thing. Well, the true meaning of that's back in Christ. You're looking for this. Well, the true meaning of that's back in Christ. You're looking for this. Get back to Christ. So here, the, the pleroma of the theotes, well, that's Christ. Dwells bodily in Christ. Then verse 10, and you have been filled by him. There we see that verb form of fullness, the verb form of pleroma, pleoreo, which means to fill. So if you're looking to be wrapped up with the pleroma of these spiritual beings, well, the spiritual being, Christ, who is the fullness of God, has filled you. You've been filled by Christ. And it describes by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Well, we talked earlier about the idea of rulers and authorities. He's not talking about the, the chief of police and the mayor. He's talking about these angelic beings. That's what they're getting caught up in. So any angelic being, Christ is their ruler. So Christ is over all these things they're getting caught up in. Christ is the fullness of God. Christ has filled us with all that he wants to fill us with, with his fullness. We have the Holy Spirit. And so he's trying to bring them back to Christ, that they don't need to go looking to these other things because everything they need, everything they could possibly want, is in Christ. And the danger here is that they could be taken captive, that is, carried away. Because this philosophy, whatever it is, it's based on some human tradition. It's based on these elements of the world, which are probably involving some kind of divine beings. But it's not Christian. So, regardless of how good it looks, how good it sounds, if it doesn't match the gospel, danger, danger. You can get caught up in it, taken captive by it, and taken away from Christianity. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Colossians.